0: And we are in Ephesians chapter 5, as for the last five weeks we've been looking at this passage um, uh, on marriage. And so we've been looking at the fact that marriage matters. And as we look at that, we're looking at marriage matters, uh, some matters on marriage. And so uh, the great uh, passage in chapter 5, starting in verse uh, 21 We'll read that in just a second, but I just want to do a, a quick recap of um, uh, what we've talked about. Uh, we're looking at six principles uh, that God shows us. And these things, you might say, well, what? why are we talking about marriage? Not everyone's married. Some are, some not. And um, yet, as we've talked about this, we see that these principles go beyond marriage. So they're not just principles on marriage. They are principles on um, our relationship with Christ. Um, our relationship with the church um, and, and uh, uh, with others. And so uh, these same principles are, are uh, ap- applicable to all of us. In, in fact, it even says, as we read, that, that I'm not even speaking directly of marriage, but of Christ and the church. And uh, uh, so it applies to all of us. Um, and then if we are married, specifically uh, to us. Uh, the first thing we've looked at is we looked at the source of marriage. Um, And this is key and it's foundational because many people think well the source of marriage is my feelings It's that I love that person. It's it's love. Love is the source. No, that's not the source of marriage source of marriage is uh, God himself who had a purpose and a plan and it is through his Holy Spirit when we are uh, filled with the Holy Spirit um, uh, It brings us into that bond now We talk about Uh, We've mentioned this, well, how is there marriage from other people that don't know God? Um, Well, there are things that is called marriage, but it's not marriage. Uh, Marriage, uh, in its purpose, um, uh, truly only happens uh, when the Holy Spirit brings us together for His purpose. And so the source of that Holy Spirit filling is that we might submit to one another. Uh, So the source of marriage is built on mutual submission. And um, uh, this is the problem that many people only read certain parts, and we're going to get to that today. Uh, But no, the submission is for the wife, not for the husband. Well, as you open up, you'll read that it says, no, submit one another. Um, And so that is the source uh, of marriage is built on submission. If it is not built on submission, then we will not have uh, a a marriage that will stand. And we can only do that through the Holy Spirit. Second thing we looked at. Is the definition of marriage. Um, What is marriage? It is not a uh, relationship. It is not uh, uh, people that come together because we just enjoy being together. Um, We talked about it that marriage is a covenant. Um, It is a covenant that has nothing to do with feelings. Um, uh, Too often we enter into it in the wrong uh, light and that causes so many problems. And it's not that. We're against feelings. We've talked about that. Feelings are a main part of it, but they are not what it is made of. It is a covenant. And what is a covenant? It is a binding, unbreakable, public, um, and legal covenant. Uh, Now, why does it have to be those things? Many people say we can just love each other and live together and in our minds we're married. No, because that's not... um, uh, how God has set it up. And there's a reason why God put in those boundaries because those boundaries become not restrictions but they become um, defenders of your marriage. Um, it is important uh, that we have that type of covenant and commitment because it defends us against the enemy who his purpose is to destroy uh, marriage and relationships and the church. So it must be public. Uh, it is a outward uh Commitment to those uh, in this world that holds us responsible. And that's why I know people don't like obligation in today's world. They don't like to be accountable. Uh, And yet accountability is a very core characteristic of God because it is a core characteristic of love. Um, um, If we truly love, not in the world's view of love, we will be accountable and gladly because we love that is the very essence of that. And so it must be public and it must be legal. And, and the reason is legal. And I've had people come to me as, as pastor, will you marry us? But we're not going to get legally married. I'm like, no, I won't. Because there is uh, both that accountability and responsibility that God puts in marriage that we are to be a light in the society. And how can we perform that goal and purpose of reflecting God if we are not even willing to follow um, the culture or societal um, uh, parameters and laws. In fact, that goes to Romans 13 and so many others that we are to follow the laws of the land. and It is so that we can have that influence uh, in uh, the world. So that is the definition, that it is a covenant, both a binding uh, public and legal uh, covenant where there are obligations and there are commitments um, no matter what the other person does this is the other part of a covenant it's not a contract we've turned it into a contract contracts you can break and uh, as long as you're just willing to you know buy someone out of their contract or you can do that that's why this is not a contract marriage is never meant to be a con- it's a covenant a covenant means that I enter into it forever and I now have obligations whether the other person meets them or not. Thank God that's how a covenant is because God made a covenant with us. If it had not been a covenant, we would have broken it long ago. Um, and thank God, he says, even though you have broken uh, your side of it, when I entered into a covenant, um, I am obligated that I will do what I have said that I have done even when you have been faithless to me. And, and so uh, there is uh, that That separation uh, from what the other person does is all on us. And yet so many times don't we do this. Well, I'll love you when you start loving me. And we get an argument. Well, you don't do this to me. Well, why are you doing that? You expect me to do this, but you sure don't do that. That is not godly talk right there. You're outside of the covenant. Covenant is even when you hurt me, um, I am going to love you. Now, let me just put a little side. There's always a boundary. God does not put us into harm's way when there is abuse, when there is harm being done. um, God does not expect you just to say, okay, it's just, you know, that is a separate, that is a breaking um, and bringing out of that covenant. But that is a very, you know, extreme uh, point that uh, comes into play. The third thing we've talked about is that marriage is priority. Um, It is uh, something that becomes... The most important thing in our life. When we enter into marriage, it becomes uh, the focus of everything we do. It becomes the center. Um, It does not become the the top of the list. Many times we put things at the top of the list, which means there's a two and a three. It's more like the hub of a wheel, and there's other things that come out of it. But when we enter into marriage, it says that we become one flesh. Um, That uh, when we come together, um, it is something that becomes. The focus out of everything we do um, and there is nothing that God allows to come before priority in fact this is what he says He says you will leave your life and you will cleave to your marriage um, and, and that leaving means it doesn't mean that you know what I will have nothing ever to do with you but it says you now um, uh, come out of first priority of my marriage and, and we talked about that that, that is job career um, children is a big one. Children cannot come before your marriage, ever. Um, or it destroys uh, what God is trying to do, and it destroys your kids. Because when your kids um, come before uh, your marriage, then your marriage is not able to do for them what it is meant to do, what God created it to do. So it is a priority that must be there. Um, last two weeks we've talked about uh, the fourth uh, character to which is the purpose of marriage. Uh, the whole purpose that it was created for um, is, it is to prepare us to stand before God, pure and clean and holy and glorious before Him. Um, and It is a reflection of the redemption that Christ has done for us. Okay? Um, it says that Jesus came to redeem us, to make old things pass away, and to present us to God as, as the jewel of their heart. Um, marriage um, is meant uh, to do that for one another. When we enter into marriage, we have one purpose. The purpose is to see in that other person what other people can't see. In other words, we are to see beyond the faults, the warts, the ugliness on the outside, the failures, and we see what God has planned for that person, what God can do in that person. And our purpose is bringing that out. Um, We are to bring that out in our spouse, and that means even when we don't um, like our spouse, and we talked about this last week. That there's going to be a lot of times that we fall in and out of like. You cannot fall in and out of love, or you never had love, because love is not a feeling. Um, it is the feelings that change, um, and so we fall in and out of like. Because here's the reason why: when we are refining one another, if my job is to refine you and bring out the best in you, it, it's kind of like taking a uh, you know that ore. Uh, in which precious metal is in, it looks just like a rock, a lot of dirt on it, and it, but we know that in there is gold, and so we take that, we put it in a furnace, um, and that's what the marriage is like. It's like a furnace. Sometimes it gets hot, it gets testy, uh, it, it's painful, It's sparks, and not the romantic type of sparks. Um, but as we refine, because we're trying to, we see gold in there. Um, I may not experience gold right now. I, I don't like how you're treating me right now, but. My goal is to get to the goal, and that means I've got to get through that. And so at times, as you refine that ore, the dross comes off. And so if you ever see it in the big bats as they're doing it, the dross comes to the top. And then they have to scoop that off. Well, there's times in your, in your marriage that, that, I'm sorry, it's going to be full of dross. It's going to come to the top. And it's those times you're not going to like the other person very much. But see, you're not called to like the person. You're called to bring and present them. Towards God, and so that is the purpose of marriage—that we are working um, to bring out and and present to God uh, the glorious new creation that Jesus has done for us. And as we do that, now here's the, the, the second purpose: marriage becomes the reflection of redemption in the world. The reason He wants marriages in the world is because that begins to present to the world what you can become through Jesus. See, that, when a marriage is working properly, it doesn't mean it's all perfect and smiley. It's going to have those ups and downs. But it's going to present to the world the idea of redemption. That God wants to do that in all of us. He wants to bring out of us what many times we can't even see ourselves. And so that is what marriage does for the world. It, it, it brings in the, the reflection of redemption so that others can see um, the possibility of God. And, and it's also the same purpose of the church because we are the bride. Remember, the church is the bride of Christ. So we're all in a marriage. So this this idea of marriage, understand, goes beyond uh, just the man and woman. That's the small thing, but then it expands out there to the church um, and to us in Christ. Um, so the same principles uh, apply. So today, let's read our text, and then we're going to get to... Um, looking at the structure. So today we're going to look at the structure of marriage. What does it talk about? Uh, The structure of marriage. And this is maybe kind of the controversial part. It's the part that people don't like to talk about, but I'm going to bring out what it actually means, and I think it's going to change how you've uh, seen this uh, in the past. So let's read our, our text in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 21. So it says this, submitting to one another... Out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one hated his own flesh, but he nourishes And let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, today we're going to look at we've been talking about the general principles of marriage that really applies to both. Today we're going to look at the differences uh, in marriage. Is there different roles in a marriage? Um, And and it does speak of of different roles as we read this. Um, So, we do know that that there are different expectations from God. Now here's the problem though. Um, Christianity, people read these expectations and they respond in in different ways. And and of course, the first one is, oh, this is authoritarian. Who are you to say one person is better than the other? I thought it said that, you know, in the New Testament it says there's neither Jew nor Greek nor male or female. Uh, So why are we trying to now put one person under another person? We are not. Uh, And in fact, um, we don't realize it, but there are other cultures in which they respond just the opposite than that. Um, um, when it, this was first instituted uh, in Christ, um, in the uh, in the Near East culture in which they were raised um, and, and which it was given, um, it was almost shocking that you would even have um, a wife Um, have the rights and the roles that the Bible tells that that she is to have, that that you are telling me as a husband I have to lay myself down for my wife. See, that was shocking to them. See, we look at the other side of it um, that we don't want to hear, but we need to understand that Christianity is usually seen um, either as uh, very um, uh, reactionary, in other words, it, it's very liberal. You know, this is so liberal. You're you you're bringing women into places they shouldn't be, okay? Um, or uh, it's seen as too conservative. You know, oh, you're you're just holding on to old timey uh, uh, rights and regulations, um, and it all depends on whatever society we are in at the time. Um, so if you are in um, uh, some societies, it is it is seen as too radical, and in others it's seen as too conventional. And why is that in the case of Christianity? Because in some, where there are very strict uh, cultural guidelines, Okay, um, here's the problem. Christianity says you as the state or as the culture do not have final authority. And people respond against that. Yes, we do. This is the way it's always been. And so there's always a pushback on that. But now in our culture, the reason we push back is not because of that. But in our culture, it's not the state or the culture or tradition that has authority. In our uh, experience, who has authority? The individual. I will decide what's right. And who are you to tell me? And, And here's where Christianity says not only does the state not have final authority, but the individual also does not have money, so it gets pushback from both sides. Um, in other words, Christianity is not left-wing or right-wing. It doesn't come from the left. It doesn't come from the right. It comes from above, and this is the difference. As we, and this is where we have to put our own perspective to the side, because we come at things naturally either from the left or the right. Um, there is none of us that are just, well, I'm just balanced, I'm just right. But no, we all have biases. And, and when we come into any teaching of the Bible, not just marriage, but especially marriage, we need to put aside um, our, our uh, leanings, left or right, and begin to say, God, from above, let us have your final authority of what you say. So, <clears throat> let's look at what is his authority in marriage. Uh, first of all, it shows that man and women are equal, okay? We know that. Um, they are equal value. They are equally precious. There is no higher value for either one at all, zero. But even though they are equal, they are not identical, okay? Um, they are equal, but they are not equivalent, okay? We need to understand that. Um, and so when we point out the differences, we are not pointing out Different values. And so we need to, to immediately understand that uh, different does not mean less than or more so. Um, in fact, the way the Bible shows it is that male and female are overlapping because we know that even though they are different, it's, it's very small differences, and sometimes the differences are not even seen. <clears throat> and the Bible accepts that they are overlapping but distinguishable ways of experiencing humanity. Okay, We overlap, but there are some very distinguishable differences uh, that come to play, and they are positive things. And they are good that they are different. And we're going to look at that. So as we look at this overlapping, um, uh, distinguishable difference in the marriage, we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the that, <clears throat> the why, and the what. Okay, so we're going to look at the that, the why, and the what, and Michelle will bring us up, up here. Um, first of all, we want to look at the that. And what is the that? The that 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 there are differences. Okay, the Bible does teach that there are differences. Um, uh, wives are told to submit. Husbands are told to love. Now, here's the thing that why I say that these are very overlapping because when it says wife, submit to your husband, does that mean that only the wife submits to the husband? No, because the very previous verse right before it said submit to one another. Um, So there is, um, so it kind of says, well, then why is he saying wife, submit? He already said You submit to one another and then he says wives submit. Um, So it's almost like a repetition. Now it says the husbands, they are to love their wives. So if if the husband is the one that's supposed to love his wife, is the wife not supposed to love the husband? Well, that's crazy because we know throughout the Bible that it says we are to love one another. In fact, that's the, the, the number one command, love God and then love each other as yourself. So I think that would apply to the woman. Um, And so, why does he say, again, this double emphasis? So, it it is not a difference that is um, black and white, but it is an overlapping difference. um, That there is is an emphasis of purpose um, for male and female. Um, The difference is not specific, but general. Okay? Um, and it goes beyond the physical differences. I know that a lot of times we are afraid to make stereotypes, right? Isn't that we live in a world where you're, you shouldn't stereotype anyone? You know, you, you shouldn't say that that um, uh, women are all um, super sensitive, and men are just very strong, um, because we know. that that in general is the case and I think you could say that but we know that there's so much overlap that that there are some women that are way more uh, what we would use the word masculine and that's because we're using the masculine word in the wrong way and there are more men that uh, would fall into the feminine style and because we misinterpret the roles and we have set hard and fast stereotypes um, is why we have such a problem with gender identity today. And it's not gender identity the way the Bible has said it. It is gender identity that has been pushed back against the society and maybe what the church has. So all the things that we have said as a church has not necessarily been what the Bible says. Okay, So there are differences. But there are differences. So even though we're afraid to make stereotypes, what happens is that tends to make us say, well, then we're just not going to say there are any differences. And that's a danger also because there are differences between men and women. In fact, they've done studies, and you've probably seen different ones. um, They've done studies of babies who have not even been impacted by society yet. And they'll take babies, and um, uh, they will let them start crawling, and they'll put an obstacle in front of them. And uh, In a very high percentage, a boy, when he comes up to obstacle, will push it over and keep on going. They'll put the same thing in front of a girl, high percentage, they'll, they'll navigate themselves around it. Um, so, so the boys push it over, the girls go around. Uh, they have found that they'll give stimuli, um, uh, the boys will always go to the less complicated Stimulus okay ball bomb the girls are attracted by more complex, complex Stimulus things that have different motions and movements and things in there and it, it, there's something in there um, They've actually found That they will introduce music um, and I think it goes to this complex and less complex they'll play jazz and and the girls heartbeat will actually raise and, and physiological responses to it, whereas they'll play it for the boy, and nothing happens. It's just noise. So, so there are differences. But what does that mean? Now, here's the thing: is we understand there are differences, but it, what does that mean? Okay. Now, what we have done in in uh, a short, we call it traditional, but understand that this is only in our short bit of history um, that we have made this this. Uh, replica of man uh, being uh, the hunter, the um, uh, the achiever, and uh, woman being the, the servile, the soft, um, uh, the um, uh, has to be protected. And you do not realize that that is not in the Bible. Okay, uh, that picture uh, is not in the Bible. In fact. If you look at the Bible, there is no picture that says the man is the one that has to go work. The woman stays home, takes care of the kids. It's not biblical, okay? Uh, And yet we have called that the traditional. And it's not even traditional because throughout history that's only maybe been since Victorian times that became thing. Once the Industrial Revolution happened, um, that happened. In pre-industrial, that was not even the case. So the traditional marriage. More than two or three hundred years ago is not what we call traditional. So we, need to be, we think when we saw it, call it traditional, that's what it's always been. It's not. Um, but that's the arrogance of us that whatever we have, and that's how it's always been, and that's what's right. In industrial times, pre-industrial times, um, uh, man and woman they, they worked out in the field together. I mean, they had to. That was there. There was no you stay home and I'll take care of the kid. The kids, it was done together. Um, there was no uh, that type of separation. It is only since the Industrial Revolution, uh, uh, in fact, because most of the work was around the house anyway, in the fields or, or where they were, so no one went to work. Um, but when the Industrial Revolution came along, it brought a different form of uh, currency and money and now people would go to work. and So then that traditional relationship of marriage began to grow. Um, But that was not always the case and now in modern times even that's starting to change because now it has switched the other way in modern times um, the traditional marriage has gone and and with the uptick of of, uh, women's uh, rights and and now it's women's equality um, It is almost many times the opposite. There are men that stay home and so things have changed and so This is the awesome thing about the Bible because the Bible never said that those roles had to be that way from the beginning um, and so when we think of roles in a marriage, I want to break all your thoughts of what you thought marriage was because that's never what the Bible said. That was societal. That was that was roles that needed to be done but were assigned uh, based on control or power. Um, in the Bible, neither one, the wife or the husband, is in control. Let me just put that right now, And... For those that are very conservative and traditional, the man is not in control, but he's the head. We're going to talk about what that means, to be the head, but it doesn't mean you're in control. Neither one is in control. They both have dual purposes that work together to produce that purpose that we talked about before, of of showing one another before God as holy um, and acceptable. So, so what are the differences? So let's, let's come to um, the, the why. Before we go, come to the what, why are there differences? Okay. Um, uh, we understand that there are differences, but we've kind of broken down. Now you're wondering, well, now I don't even know what the differences are because you've just told me that all the things that we've done in the past are not the case. Well, we'll get there. Uh, but there are differences. But just because the things that we've done in the past are not true does not mean we throw everything out um, we still have differences. We just need to find out well, what was the Bible saying? But why did the Bible say that? Why did the Bible say wife submit to your husband even though you're both submitting to him, each other? Why would it emphasize that and why would it emphasize that the husband love you when you're both loving each other? So why is there this difference? Um, and it's real quick. It is because of two things. It is because of creation And it is because of the curse. okay, The curse of sin. First thing is the order of creation. Um, God created us different for a purpose. And that is for the glorious uh, uh, completion that when we come together, um, it fits in a perfect uh, connection that glorifies God to the fullest. And here's why. Because in creation... When he made man, um, man was with God, perfect. You know, he had everything he needed. Yet God said, No, this is not good. How is it not good? You created him, and, and he has all of creation, and there's been no sin yet. So he's walking with God in perfect relationship. And how many of us say, man, if I could just walk with God in perfect relationship, everything would be good? Well, if Adam had perfect and nothing and everything wasn't good. God said, This is not good. Um, And so, out of man, he created woman. And he created her differently. Um, And in this difference that he put into Eve, when Adam saw her, what did he say? Finally, basically this is what it says, finally I'm complete. So there was something different about her that brought completion. And that is the perfection of creation. So it was... God's final perfection of creation is the fact that there are differences that bring completion and glory to God. And so we need to embrace those differences because they're not a value difference, but they bring glory and they bring life and completion and fulfillment and satisfaction. And now I have purpose and now I can be all that I could be. Um, it is women, when they embrace their differences, and don't try and be like a man, that they find the glorious purpose that they are. And men, when you embrace uh, how you are different from a woman, you find the glorious um, uh, completion of who you are. But they are not in, and we'll get to the what, this this masculine idea. It doesn't mean that you have to be tough and embrace the societal role of men. I'm talking about embracing the godly differences in man and women. Okay? Um, so that's the, that's the why there are differences, because it brings completion. But here's the other reason why there are differences. Because we blew it. We all know that we sinned. We rejected God. And because of that, it brought a curse upon us. And the curse, uh, it's like a corruption. You know, it's like a cancer cell that gets in your body. Um, it, it, it's there, but it's different from the other cells, and it begins to twist them that's why it causes harm and it eventually destroys the body because it twists it uh, from what it was meant to be. This is why we have the domination of men and and, uh, the uh, original uh, uh, very codependency of women. That was a twisting of what the original differences were meant to be. And they exaggerated to the extreme those roles which were never meant to be. Or it brought the opposite. Um, The twisting and the cursing of sin brought men who become very weak and they abdicate. They don't want to be men. Um, And that becomes, on the other end, a twisting of the difference. Or you have men, I mean women, that now want to be strong and you know what, you're not going to be the one. I'm going to take charge. And and that becomes a twist. So the curse of sin has twisted us to the two extremes which neither one is the the differences. So God made the differences to pull one another back. So we need to understand that I need to embrace my difference so that I can pull my spouse away from the tendency to be twisted by sin. So it's our differences give us the ability to kind of be a ballast for the other person. That when they, wanna, when they get pulled this way, I can be that weight that kind of pulls them back. So we begin to be um, that balance, even though we are not the solution. Jesus himself is the only solution, but we can bring one another to that uh, purpose of letting the Holy Spirit work in our spouse. So that's why there are differences, and those are big, great reasons why um, there are differences. So let's get to the final one. This is, of course, the biggest so what? Are the differences? What are the different roles uh, in marriage? Now, let me say this: when I say when I start to talk about what the differences are, um, the differences are only in our core spiritual purpose. They have nothing to do with roles. So when I talk about the structure of marriage, I am talking about your role as a spiritual partner to that purpose, you're gonna have a slightly different role. But as far as behaviors and roles, you need to structure your, your family however you need to. Okay, I know this blows everyone, I'm not gonna give anyone a right answer. If the husband needs to work, then you work that out. You work it out within within your, your marriage relationship. If the, if the wife is gonna work, you work that. There is no role, there is no biblical thing that this is how you have to do. If the the husband does the checkbook and watches the money, that's fine. If the woman does, that's fine. The, The Bible does not prescribe any behavioral roles. You can work those out however you want. And don't let any church or any religion tell you that that is not a biblical, traditional marriage. Because there is no biblical, traditional marriage. Look in Proverbs 31. It talks about the wife. What is she involved in? She's involved in investing. She takes the money and she invests it in, 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 in a, uh, a project where they're going to uh, ship uh, things and, and sell it and bring it back. Um, she's involved in um, sewing and creating cloth that, that she sells in the marketplace. She's involved in bringing up the children. She is involved in caring for her husband. Uh, she's involved in the politics of those around her. Um, So we see this well-rounded, so there is no one thing that it shows. And it it shows that the man was right there with her. So a man is seen throughout the Bible as taking care of children. Um, We see that. That that, that is not a woman's job. Um, So the jobs of marriage, I'm going to say that is up to you. So I'm sorry I can't help you with that. You all have different skills. One woman may be very skillful in administration and one the, the man might be. So that is where there's communication and, and there is uh, uh, loving one another and finding out where we fit together. Um, so those roles, there are differences, but that's only because of personality differences. Now understand, personality differences are not male and female differences because there are females that have, like I said, very rough, you know, outgoing personalities. And there are men that are very quiet, and that's okay. And and so many times we've, you know, put men down that are that way, but if that's the personality God has given them, then that's okay. But even with all the range of personalities, there are still differences that you can accomplish your purpose just in a different way. So it's more how you do your purpose rather than what you do to do your purpose. Um, So if a man... Uh, uh, is very aggressive and and uh, uh, independent, then he will love through his independence. If he is 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 very quiet, and then he can still love in his quietness. So that 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 command to love your wife can be done in different ways. It's just to be done. The woman to be submissive to her husband, maybe she is very. Um, uh, talented and skilled in, in work or academically,
1: she can submit,
0: and we're going to look at what that means, through those, or maybe she is a homemaker. She loves to be at home. She loves to cook. She can submit it. So it's, you can use whatever you want to accomplish uh, the purpose. So here's the two purposes. We'll get to them. A lot to get to because it's very simple. The man, when he was created, it says that he is the head of the wife what does it mean to be the head of the wife we immediately say the head means to be the head you take charge it's not what the head means the word head comes from the word and this is where we twist it because it comes from the word authority right but what is the word in authority it's an author the reason someone see we think of authority as power that's not how god sees it god looks at it as authority in other words I've written all these notes. If you want to know what they say, who would you go to? You go to the authority on them because I'm the author. See, I don't have power over you, I'm not controlling you, I'm just the authority. Okay? So it says man is the authority because he is the source that woman came out of. Okay? He is the head, he is the source, Um, uh, he is meant to know his wife. Um, to be the authority on her so that he can love her. You see, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become an authority on this subject because I just love it.
1: Now, does that have
0: anything to do with controlling someone else? No. It's never meant to be. It is to be um, the source. Uh, and in fact, it, it is even more submissive because the word headship uh, comes from the place like a head of a river. There's the the the, the river has its head well that that head is the source it's out of which it flows Um, and also you could have a trail head when you go to go a trail The head of the trail is is the source of it the husband is to be the source he is to speak into uh, uh, the wife he is to uh, have the responsibility of seeing and, and being accountable for life and for God uh, 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 producing uh, in that other person. Um, and many times that is in a freeing way. Because the only way I can produce it as the head of a river is to let it go. But I will, she- I will send it out. Um, so as a husband, we are to see something valuable in our wife and we are to speak it. And the way he did that is, if you'll notice, Adam had this job. You're the namer. You name things. Um, He named the animals. And then you'll notice he named his wife. He's the one. And remember, he didn't name his wife until after sin happened. And what did he say? You are Eve, which means you are the mother of all life. I see you as the source of That is the one that's going to bring salvation. Um, and, And so he named her. He spoke value into her at her worst moment, when she was filled with guilt. And shame because she's the one that that was the first she was not the only one that sinned. Adam did too but he named life into her this is what the job of the husband is to be the namer, to speak life now look at you can do that from any type of position um, whether you are uh, uh, rough and tough or whether you're sensitive and 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 quiet but we have the job to be the source and, and to name uh, uh, what God has done. Now, Eve had the job of helper. In fact, when he created her, he said this is a perfect helper for Adam uh, because he did not have a helper. Now, when we, here's the problem. When we, when we say helper, the women like, oh, yeah, don't call me helper. But here's the problem. You have a wrong understanding of helper. The word help in English, we think of, come on, be daddy's little helper. Um, you know, you're just a weakness. We see weakness in helper. Um, you know, Santa's little helpers and, you know, the little helpers, and, uh, they want to do something. No, no, you can't do it, but you know what? You can come and help me. You know, it's kind of almost patronizing, right? Why don't you just come help me? I'll do it, but you come help me. Okay, when I need something, you go get me. That is not the word helper. That that God says. When he created Eve, he said, now there's someone that is a great helpmate. You know why? Because she was better than Eve. She was not weak. She was stronger. Adam was missing something. He didn't have it. The word helper in the Bible is for someone who has power and resources that the other person does not have. The reason they help is because it's more like this. Uh, You're not doing too well. Let me come help you see, it's the opposite than what we think of helper. I'm the one that has the ability, so let me come and help you. That's what the woman was. It's almost the opposite of what many people have in the past created this uh, into. It was someone who now, Adam said, now I have someone that can do what I couldn't do. Um, There was power uh, in Eve, Um, but here's the thing. When you help, you can help in two different ways. First of all, you can help in the way that says, "This, you know," let me show you how to do it, and we we replace the person. Um, uh, that's one way to help. It's like when you're helping your kid do their homework, and you end up just you end up doing it for them. That can happen, but that's not a good way to help. The other way to help is to get under the person and show them and hold their hands. But you know what that is called? It's called submitting. When you submit to them and you get under them, you help them in such a way that becomes so healthy and nurturing that, that they begin to grow till they can't do it themselves. That's what God saw in the woman. And that is why. So here's our differences. No matter what we see on the outside of characteristics of personality and all those things, No matter what, men are neighbors. They are meant to be the sources. They are meant to speak life. They are meant to to shape and and to see uh, what God has put in them, in others, to bring that out. We are to be love that loves, that creates. Um, Women are meant to be helpers. They are meant to be able, and in the same way, to see the good that God wants to accomplish and to step in. And bring their abilities to submit so that we help in a nurturing fashion rather than helping in a replacing fashion. And that is why when the woman submits to the husband, she begins to help. It's not inferior, and she is not to be put down. In fact, she might be very superior. But she submits so that together they can accomplish things. And in both ways, as she submits, he becomes greater because now he can do what he couldn't do without her. And him, as he names her and he sends forth uh, encouragement and support and power, she can become what she could not do without her. So these differences of naming and helping, now no matter what, those are the differences. That's, but you understand that this is a much more deeper spiritual difference than a physical difference. Many of the physical differences are overlapping, but those differences will not change. God created us to be namers and to be helpers. Um, And now it's just finding out how can I use that difference in different ways to make a marriage that utilizes our roles so that God is glorified. Um, See, when you look at it, you see the beauty of what God really meant. And yet many times we have not read it. We read it with our own perspective. And yet the beauty of marriage goes beyond what society doesn't understand. And it's partly the church's fault because we have not um, uh, submitted to that ourselves. We have created these wrong views of marriage. But when we come into what God has created and we pull each other back from the twistings of those giftings, when we go to the extremes, then the redemption quality of Christ is shown in each one of us. And so, um, that's also the same, as we said, it's a marriage, but it also reflects our life in other areas. In the church, we are to be the same way. Um, uh, In the marketplace, we are to be the same way. You know, a, a woman can be a CEO. But she's going to do the job of a CEO in a helper way that's different from a man who's in the same job who does it in a naming way. But they're going to accomplish the same thing, but from different motivations. Because that's how God has made us, and we need to embrace that. And that is why, in a marriage, two men can never complete each other. Because I'm sorry, even though there's totally different physical differences and personality differences... But the spiritual difference will never bring completion because there's no helpmate. There's two neighbors are great, but but there's not a completion. Biblical marriage is completion, and it's a beautiful connection of his glory. Let's pray together.